everybody, what's going on? Welcome to uh, BFR Tuesday. My name is Ed LaCara. I, um, I host this question and answer session every week in order to answer questions as I can about blood flow restriction training, um, implementation, programming, research, whatever you're whatever you're kind of questioning and um, happy to answer. So um, what you need to do if you have a question, just go up into the chat section in the upper right, type in what your question is. Like I'm gonna say uh, hello from Dallas, Texas, where, where my clinic is and where I work out of. And um, yeah, I'll give people a minute or two to kind of jump on and see if there's any questions that I can answer. Hey, Jared, what's going on, buddy? Specific basketball training sessions for high schoolers. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything in particular programming wise. Oh, strength building. Um, you know, there's been some interesting studies looking at uh, cardiovascular effects of using BFR and walking protocols in Division One basketball players, and what they found is. Uh, two rounds of 15 minutes per day for three weeks increased um, the amount of mass, maximum amount of uh, oxygen uptake, VO2 max, in Division One athletes, um, basketball players specifically. Um, from a strength standpoint, it really depends on where they are in their season. If, you know, in, we typically break down a year into preseason, in-season, postseason, um, and then postseason is the longest part of the whole year, so it's blocked into training for specific things: hypertrophy, strength, power. Um, so it really depends on you know what time of the year they're in. Like if you're in right now, you're just got done with the season, at least in Texas, and so it really should be time for recovery. And it should be time to start putting on some mass. So we would do a hypertrophy phase for probably between uh, 12 and 16 weeks. Um, of course, they're going to get stronger during that time at the high school level as well. And um, 
but really looking at the whole year. So three times a week, um, I would recommend in high school athletes train high intensity, lifting as heavy a weight as they can lift um, safely, and then using BFR to augment their training. So they might do finishers, like do their normal training sessions and then finishers in areas where they need uh, to improve, like especially like um, uh, leg strength, uh, leg endurance. I would also say that um, improving power would be very interesting in order to generate more uh, jump and elevation. So um, doing things like uh, BFR squats would be uh, important because uh, squats have been shown to improve vertical vertical leap and um, and helping them just be a better athlete overall. So uh, for strength training, uh, minimum three times a week of normal training, and then uh, use BFR as an adjunct. But unless they're injured, um, I wouldn't use BFR as the sole mechanism of training. You want their bones uh, to be loaded, you want their tendons to be loaded, and you want the muscles to be loaded, uh, especially in a young, healthy athlete. Uh, Lewis, yeah, it's, it is typical. Um, it, what's really interesting is we look at these central nervous system fatigue versus peripheral nervous system fatigue. When we lift heavy weights, we tend to have to use more time off, like more rest. With BFR, we're only using 30 seconds of rest in order to accumulate metabolic byproduct, which is one of the reasons why things get tired so quickly, even with light loads. So your peripheral fatigue should be elevated with BFR, but our central nervous fatigue over time should not because you're not having to, your system's not having to lift these heavy loads. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. There should be, there should be, you should be tired by the time you're done. If you're not tired when you're doing a 30 minute BFR session, that means your loads are not high enough or your, um, your pressures are not high enough and overall not taxing the system enough, but you're absolutely right. It should be, um, it's one of the reasons why my athletes that are injured that I use BFR love it because they can't lift heavy loads. They can't get that, that taxing effect. Like, Hey, I've done some work here. My athletes tend to say like, when I come to see you and I'm, and I use BFR, it's, they feel like they're actually doing something. There's actually, it's more than just light load rehabilitation. Um, and it's because they feel tired. They build up a sweat. They feel like they're doing work. Um, and that, that's really helpful for their psyche. So another reason why I love BFR for injured athletes. If I find that I'm more fatigued over time using BFR, what does that indicate about the training? It could indicate a few things. Number one, you're not getting enough uh, rest in between sessions. Um, I would recommend using some sort of heart rate variability monitor, whether it's your Apple Watch, it's your Aura Ring. Um, I use the Omega Wave with my athletes in the clinic. Um, something to measure HRV and track that over time. And you're, you're wanting to see elevations in uh, heart rate variability. If you see a decline in heart rate variability, that means central nervous system fatigue is in play and you might take it lighter for a day or two and just do maybe a different type of work. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with heart math, but it should be 
is it, I don't know how they're measuring, are they using the EKG to measure their HRV? Hmm. I wouldn't think that that's very accurate. I'd have to research it. I'm not sure. Because clip on the earlobe, they're looking for capillary fill and they're trying to get, huh. Because this, this uses, um, this uses capillary fill also, but it also uses uh, heart rate. Um, I'm not sure about that one. I wouldn't think it's nearly as, uh, it's the earlobe shouldn't, wouldn't be nearly as um, accurate, but it might be okay for a baseline um, because if the baseline is right, then um, you can always go off of that baseline. It's kind of like measuring yourself on a scale at home it might not be the most accurate scale, but you can definitely use it to know whether you're increasing weight or decreasing weight. So um, I'm not sure about that, but um, things that can affect sleep, recovery, um, uh, nutrition, making sure you're getting enough protein or amino acids in the system, um, you know, overtraining as well. So if you're if you're training more than probably three or four days a week then it's probably too much and you need to uh, back off a little bit if you don't feel like you're recovering. Lewis, I wouldn't lighten up the weights. I would go to three times a week, uh, but keep the weights, keep the weights as heavy as you can tolerate um, to get the best benefit. But, um, you know, go to three times a week to give your body a little bit more time to recover. And then track your track your um, heart math and see if you see any correlating changes with five times a week versus three times a week. And you should you should see an increase in HRV um, if your body has more time to um, if your body has more time to recover. HRM, you mean? Um, I'm not I'm not sure what HRM is. HRV, HR heart rate variability. Oh, okay. Oh, heart rate monitor. Uh, so, I use this thing called Omega Wave. Um, it's it's it straps goes around your chest. And then there's also um, a way to read DC current from your brain all the way down to your hand. And so you wear um, you wear something that measures. It, it's basically giving you an EKG and then also measuring brain wave. So it's as far as I know the most accurate way because you're getting it in you're you're getting the HRV in multiple ways, and then using an algorithm to figure out um, the best way to actually the. Um, the actual number. So it's a conglomeration of different measurements versus like this one has, I think, two measurements, capillary refill uh, and heart rate. Um, but it's definitely not getting your ECG. Um, so I think that that's kind of the gold standard. Um, the ring is an aura ring. Um, I think this is the most accurate. I think this is more accurate than the whoop band, but a whoop band is another one. Um, Apple Watch is another one. I don't think it has to be that accurate. I think it has to, you just have to have something that's 
uh, valid and reliable. And then that way you can use that as a benchmark and then just see if you're going up and down. Um, and if you're going up, that's good. And if you're going down, that's bad. And um, you might need uh, less volume or less uh, training in order to um, get that HRV back up. But the Omega Wave takes about five minutes to measure and it's, um, it's done. Really, I use it, it's almost like if I get somebody's body fat, the most accurate we know is hydrostatic weighing. And so, but I don't have a hydrostatic scale in my clinic. So there's these trucks that go around uh, to a lot of the CrossFits and I'll send them to get their hydrostatic weighing done and we'll compare that to their home scale or their bio, um, bioelectric impedance scale. And so you're getting a gold standard number off of the hydrostatic weighing and you're comparing that and you're saying, okay, well, I was 21% hydrostatic weighing and I was 16% on my scale. So we know it's about 5% off. And then you're using that, um, you're using your scale as a day-to-day and then maybe you do your hydrostatic, you know, once every six months. And so you're, you're just getting a comparison. I have cardiac issues. So maybe the HRV isn't that accurate. Uh, it depends on what your cardiac issue is. If, um, the Omega wave throws out, um, if it's above or below two standard deviations of the heart rate variability. So it gets rid of any of the noise and it's only using hopefully good data. It just depends on what your, um, what's your cardiac, oh, you have a cardiomale. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if it's, if it's as accurate as it can be, you'd have to go off a of feel more if the HRV isn't accurate for you. So reduce your volume a little bit. You're welcome. All right, any other questions today? All right, awesome. That was a great conversation about heart rate variability. Um, I'll be back next week to answer any questions that you have. Um, Hopefully everybody received my newsletter. The first one went out in the beginning of the month. Um, and so we have another one scheduled to go out on the 15th. So about the first and the 15th, um, I'll just be sending updated articles, podcasts, uh, journal articles, things like that around BFR. If you're interested, you can go to bfruniversity.com and sign up for that newsletter. Um, otherwise, I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Bye for now.